0: going to look at a topic this morning we're living in in a time today when our world seems to be upside down we're living in a time when two and two doesn't make four and as we face the challenging hours of today there's a real challenge on the home this morning like there's never been and we're going to be talking for a few moments about the history of a man by the name of Joseph. Joseph was 17 years of age when I'd like to pick up on his life this morning. And we're going to talk about the troubling hours of a ministry, of a home today. Uh, We're living today in hours when uh, even adults are standing against the things that God's word speaks that we should all not only consider but be a part of we're looking at hours when men thinks that they're a mistake we're having men that feel like they god made a mistake by making them a man and they want a transformation called a, a surgery and we're having women that think they should have it's an accident because they're a woman and they should have been a male and then we're having the, uh, the awesome challenge today in our world where we're the same sex thinks that, that that is the thing to do. But can I tell you, let me point you back to the early beginning of God's word. And God said, let us make man in his own image. And let me say this, he didn't make Adam and Steve or you and I wouldn't be here. Right. Come on, don't shout me down now. I, I'm going to say some things this morning that the church needs to hear. And and as a pastor, I love the people no matter where they're coming from or what they do. It's important that a pastor stays in the middle of the road. However, there are times because of, of situations that I've been pulled to the right. And, and I, I know that as a pastor, I have to stay in the middle of the road because God has called us to love one another. And we're to bear one another's burdens to fulfill the law of Christ. And not many people will let you into their life unless they know that you love them. And God is love, and the more love that we have, the more opportunity we have to touch somebody who needs some help in this life. And so I'm pointing you today to some thoughts that that we draw from God's Word because the only thing that I can tell you that is absolutely true is what I hold in my hand today. While our colleges are becoming very liberal and they're saying if it feels good, do it. And we're, we're seeing colleges that, that are bearing the fruit of socialism today because other countries filtrated our colleges with, and young people with the teaching of liberality and we're seeing things that we never did endorse and it's again the things that America was founded upon. Right. It might scare you. This is not a prophetic word. But I'm telling you, America is not far from being a socialistic nation this morning. It made me mad when our last president said, We are no longer a Christian nation. I really got angry until I asked myself this question. Is he right? And he was right. No longer do we stand for God so loved the world. No longer is it... it is it the right thing to do when the old glory waits for us to stand and pull our cap or put our hand over our he- uh, over our heart and say I'm going to do this because somebody shed their blood so that I can have the liberty of enjoying America? Right. We've lost the value of who we are, and nobody this morning is here by accident. And you might have been an, uh, an adult or you may be an adult and you were. your parents said you came along at a late time in life and you were an accident. Nobody is an accident. God has a plan for everyone this morning. He's involved you in the plan. He's got a plan for you. He had a plan for Joseph. Joseph was born in a very, uh, it, it was a most dysfunctional home you can find. And we're going to follow his life this morning through the pages of God's Word. And we're going to just see exactly how he processed life. And this morning, somewhere along the journey of life, you're going to need a lot of help. And maybe you're here this morning. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe you said, that's the reason I'm here this morning. I need a lot of help. We all need help. And the most important thing we can do is depend on the Lord because sometimes things go from bad to worse and we are we try to encourage one another with encouraging words by our deeds or by what we say but it's very important this morning to realize without God we're nothing. And I was drawn to an illustration before we look to the passage of scripture that I want to use and I'm going to share this with you this morning And I want you to let what I have to say speak to your heart. In 1989, an 8.2 earthquake almost flattened Armenia, killing over 30,000 people in less than four minutes. In the midst of an utter devastation and chaos, a father left his wife securely at home and rushed to the school where his son was supposed to be, only to discover that the building was flat as a pancake. After the dramatic shock, he remembered the promise that he had made to his son. No matter what, I'll always be here for you. As tears began to fill his eyes, as he looked at the pile of debris that was once a school, it looked hopeless. But he kept remembering his commitment to his son. He began to concentrate on where he walked his son to class at school each morning remember his son's school room would be in the back right corner of the building he rushed there and started dragging through the rubble as he dug through the rubble his faith had not diminished but his heart was crushed and as he was digging through the rubble other forlorn parents arrived clutching their hearts and saying my son my daughter uh, uh, and and to his right and to the left all he could hear is the crying and the wailing of other parents it's too late they're dead you might as well go home you'll never find what you're looking for as the dad continued to dig through the rubble others said come on face it there's nothing you can do you're just doing making matters worse to each parent, he would respond with this line, Are you going to help me now? And then he proceeded to dig for his son, stone by stone. The fire chief showed up to pull him off of the school's debris, saying, Fires are breaking out. Explosions are happening everywhere. You're in danger. We'll take care of it. Go home. To which the loving Armenian father said, Are you going to help me now? The police came and said, You're You're angry, you're distraught, and it's over, you're endangering others, go home, we'll handle it. To which he replied, are you going to help me now? But no one heard. Courageously he proceeded alone because he needed to know for himself, is my boy alive or is he dead? The dad dug for eight hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours, and then to 38 hours. He pulled back a boulder and he heard his son's voice as he screamed out his son's name, Ar- Armad!" And he heard back, Dad, it's me, Dad. I told the other kids not to worry. I told them if you were alive, you'd save me. And when you saved me, they'd be saved too. You promised no matter what, I'll always be with you, son. And you have proved your word to be true, Dad what's going on in there he said how is it the father asked and the son replied dad there's 14 of us left out of 33 dad we're scared we're hungry we're thirsty we're thankful you're here when the building collapsed it made a triangle wedge and it saved us come on out son No, he said, Dad, there's other kids here that need to go first, because I know you'll be with me no matter what, and I'll be here to leave as the last one. We're talking this morning about the family and how Satan, the god of this world, is doing everything in his power to destroy the family, to kill, to steal, and destroy. The family unit is the most important thing that God has to offer and work with on planet Earth. Satan is telling young boys, God made a mistake. You should have been a female. He's telling young ladies, God's made a mistake. No, he hasn't made a mistake. He's wanting you to hear his cry. He wants you to know he's for you and not against you. You are not a mistake. You're what God has created, and he's created you on purpose for such a season as today. Put put your hands together and give honor and glory to the Father this morning. I want to talk to you this morning about a thought that, that came to my heart a few days ago, and then I even heard it mentioned on television. And I want to say this this morning. No matter where you're at in the journey of life, no matter if you feel like you're dragging up the rear, no matter if you feel like you've forgotten, I've got some good news for you this morning. Maybe you're here and you've been rejected. Maybe you're here and you just seem left out of the circle. Maybe you're here this morning and it just seems like you're a misfit. That's the reason I'm here. I'm here for you today. I'm here because I want you to face tomorrow knowing when God is for us, when we have a heavenly father that's still digging through the rubble to find us. He said we'll find him when we search for him with our whole heart. God didn't promise us that he would give us back where we sowed. Many of you are here today, you've sewed your lifetime into the church. Many of you are here today, and the first 10% of your income each week goes to make this church what it is. Many of you are here this morning, and you've buried your loved ones, you've buried some of your kids, but you didn't give up, you didn't get angry, you didn't throw in the towel, and you didn't blame God because bad things have happened to you. Because you know, in due season, God will make it up to you if you don't quit. If we had everyone this morning in this building, in this community between here, including ceiling, you couldn't put all the people in this building of, because, of people that just threw in the towel and quit. Satan is a liar. The Bible says he's a father of lies, and he wants to tell you how miserable you can be in following Jesus and how hard it is to follow Jesus. I've got good news for you. No matter how dysfunctional your family may be, no matter how wrinkled your marriage may be this morning, no matter what child may have taken you the wrong direction, I've got good news for you this morning. He may not have delivery for you today. But he said, "I'm going to be with you." And there's nothing like the God of all comfort in the midnight hour when the pillow doesn't fit and the sheets stick to your sweaty body. There's nothing like knowing that you have a heavenly Father that reaching through the rubble of life and He has peace and joy to comfort you. And He says, "I'm going to I'm going to be with you always, even to the end." God didn't say He'd give it back where He sowed. Many of you were here before we came. October this is a difficult time this morning, not because of the message I'm going to preach, but my wife and I we haven't argued, we've just had strong opinions. She says it's 40 years, and I said, "This is 39 years." So she went for higher power. She went to the church secretary. I don't have to tell you the rest. Boy, I'm a bad loser at times. You think it's bad because always you lost last night. I am not a good loser. However, 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 many of you have enjoyed walking with the Lord. Some of you have questions this morning, and no, all questions are answered on this earth, but when God is for you, who can be against you? When the enemy comes in like a flood, you can always recite the scriptures, greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. I'd like to pick up this morning. Time will not permit me to go into the genealogy, the background of the days that Joseph lived. But he was born in a very dysfunctional home. The baby, one of the babies of the family. God, uh, Jacob, his dad, had shown great favor to Joseph. He had made him a coat of many colors. And, and jo- Joseph had been born with a very unusual gift. He, he dreamed And he loved to brag about it. I'm telling you, if you're a bragger this morning, go out to the woods and brag to the trees. How good you think something is, but when you get to the house, leave it outside, you'll live a whole lot better life. Joseph's brothers were so angry with him because he was always bragging about the dreams that he had. How God was going to make a big somebody out of them, and he was going to make a little somebodies out of them until it pushed them to the point they were ready to kill him. I don't have time to, like I said, to go into all the Scripture, but would you allow me to have a few moments of your time as we pick up on the life of Joseph in Genesis chapter 50, beginning with verse 14. Joseph has buried his father. Things have mended between him and his brother. And the Scripture goes like this. After he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt he and his brothers and all who were with him, to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us, actually repay us for all the evil we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, Before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sins, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespasses of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. These are brothers that put him in the well. The Midianites, the gypsies came by. One brother wanted to kill him, and they, he said, the other said, No, let's sell him to the Midianites. And he winds up down in Egypt, and the, all the all the things that I'm leaving out this morning are a forefront of what the word that I'm saying this morning. Joseph is dealing with reality now. Dad is gone. Mom is gone. They've, been, they've gone by the way of the grave. And now the test is really on. Now that mom and dad aren't looking on, now that they're not monitoring how Joseph is going to treat his brothers, the test is on. Will he kill his brothers? Will he say, this is my season to get even? Well, I make it very difficult on them just like they did to me because after all they sold me to the Midianites the gypsies took me down and they sold me to Potiphar one of the chiefs of, of, of Pharaoh and he took me home with him and he liked me and he turned me loose to just take care of the, the place and his wife wanted to have an affair and when, when Joseph refused to do so she claimed that he tried to rape her and it put him in prison Two people are in the prison, one a baker, one a butler. They had dreams one night, and, and the next morning they were telling Joseph what their dream. And he said, okay, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. He said, in three days, one of you is going to die. The other three, you're going to return. Every, everything that has ever been taken from you is going to be returned. And he said, can I ask you one thing? Would you not forget me when Pharaoh returns you to your place? Please don't forget me because, after all, I've had a small part in your life. I've told you what's going to happen three days from now. All of this is a setting for today's Scripture. After their dad has died, the brothers bring a prophetic word. Joseph, we beg forgiveness of our trespasses and our sins. The evil we did, please forgive us. And it broke Joseph's heart and his brothers also went and fell down before his face and they said behold we are your servants. Joseph said to them don't be afraid for I am in the place of God. Can I stop here and say something to you this morning? Where when you're where God wants you to be, you don't want to throw up throw any stones. You don't want to choke anybody. You don't want to wish anybody was dead. You don't even want to turn your back on somebody that may have abused you when you're with God. Don't shout me down now. This is better than you're receiving. I'm speaking to the church family this morning. You see, the Bible says we're in this world, but we're not to act like this world. And everybody said, Amen. well, that's pretty good. The rest of you, I'm going to ask you to speak next time. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid, for I'm in the place of God. I'm in God's hand. I'm going to handle things like God wants me to do. How's that? But as for you, you meant evil against me. Joseph is having eye contact with his brothers when he says this. You meant evil for me and against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring about as it is this day to save many people, now, they're not there. now, therefore, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And, and they comforted them, and he spoke kindly to them. God places all of us in special places. Sometimes it's not for our good. But some, just like Joseph... God saw the famine that was coming. There would be seven years of plenty. And it would be a time when Pharaoh would fill the barns and the storehouses full because following the seven years was seven years of famine. Pharaoh didn't know this. But the man in prison that he brought forth, Pharaoh had this dream. He said, you know, I've seen seven years of prosperity. Things happened, and I saw seven years that things weren't so good. And Joseph spoke to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, God's trying to get you ready. You're going to need your barns full. You're going to need your vats full because these seven years are going to be years which God's going to bless you so that you can take care of those that are paupers that have nothing to eat. He had left his father's house. His brothers had thrown him in a well and then sold him. And then he wound up at Potiphar's house. And because he wasn't interested in having an affair with Potiphar's wife, she told Potiphar he tried to rape me while you were gone, and he went from there to prison. And then he interprets two dreams from two people in prison. Two years later, he two years he has time to think about the two people that he interpreted their dreams. The one he said three days you're going to die, you're 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 you're, you're going to lose it all. And the other one he said you're going to be restored, but. Listen to me. When you get there, please don't forget me. I'm Joseph in the prison. I want out of here. Two years. Two years. Let me ask you today, what are you doing with your interval of time between the battle and the victory? Everybody take your arm and do this. I have three people that's napping on me. It's not nap time yet. You'll get to do that. I'm going to close here in about 30, 45 minutes. Thank you so much, and you'll be back tonight. If you don't like me, you can vote no. If you like me, you can vote yes. That's going to be your prerogative. Isn't that great? Put your hands together and say, this is America. (laughs) This isn't America only. This is Elm Grove. Short story, for 15 years, I was voted on every 12 months. And for those 15 years, you don't know how bad I asked, Lord, just let them vote me out. You sent me here, but I'm ready to go. In two years after we had arrived, God says, unpack your suitcase, friend. You've arrived. You're going to stay. Forty years later, this is what's left. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on with the message. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt. He and his father's household, and Joseph lived to be 110 years years joseph saw ephraim's children to the third generation he saw the children of Micah, the son of manasseh were also brought up in joseph upon joseph's knee and joseph said to his brother i'm dying but god will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to bring abraham isaac and jacob and this is what i believe that god was saying to joseph joseph During the testing time, you had a chance to kill your brothers, but you didn't. You passed that test. While you were in prison, you didn't let the prison bars make you bitter. But you allowed that prison time to make you better. Joseph, I know all you wanted was a family And after you became second in command in Pharaoh's palace, when you realized you went from the wells of the palace, you didn't let it go to your head. You let the Holy Spirit cultivate you until you got rid of the anger, the malice, and the selfishness, and the stingy and the unpardonable things that doesn't bring glory to the kingdom. And I brought you to the palace for such a season as this. Joseph, you saved your family. You fed them. You nurtured them. You you brought their cattle and all their oxen to the Egypt land, and you were able to see your family through. You passed the test. And Joseph, in his spirit, is saying, all I wanted was a family. All I wanted is to see my dad again, and I got to see him just before he passed on. All I wanted to see was my, uh, my young brother, Benjamin, and I got to see him. And, and Joseph, in the absence of, of your mom and dad, a time when the people that you really had confidence in, the people that you really wanted to please, had passed on. And no one was looking. The people that you wanted to impress were gone. You did good, fella. You passed the test. This could have been Joseph's prayer. God, I know vengeance is yours, but I'm here to repay. Joseph could have said, Lord, for every year I sit in prison, I'm going to give them a tear in your prison sentence. Joseph's prayer could have said, God, Life ain't fair. And it's time to settle the books. It's time to reconcile things. But he didn't pray that prayer. He understood that sometimes God just puts us in place, a place, and he blesses us to the point so we can help others. It's not about us. It's about those people that we come in contact with every day that need to be blessed, that need to be encouraged. It's not about you and me. It's about them. And sometimes I've complained about why I was here, why I wasn't there. There was times when I really didn't like being here because I wanted to be there, but God said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Standing still ain't my cup of tea. But this has been my deal With the Lord, these are things that I've enjoyed about going to certain conferences. For about ten years, there was a group of us that went to Phoenix every January and February to Tommy Barnett's man. He had started a church in Phoenix with two hundred people, and they were running into the thousands. The hallways that surrounded the, the circumference of the auditorium was lined with bookshelves and stories and history that had been written and he said I want to tell you something if you'll just pay for what's on the rack you and it blesses you and you can adapt it to your your church family copy it as many times as you want to it came from the lord it's not mine man what an attitude all he all you had to do is pay for enough to cover the printing and and the handling charges and and he just gave it all back to the kingdom I loved to go there because there was just something about that atmosphere. You knew when you walked in, not only was the temperature going to be right in January and February, you were going to see oranges falling off the trees and the right of of the highways, and you could eat dates right off the tree, and I'm telling you, I ate many of them. The good thing about Joseph's life is he didn't get stealth- selfish and he didn't get stingy. And he didn't do like little kids do when they first come into this world. Maybe your kids didn't do this, but when we'd have company, and company kids would start to reach for the white kids' toys, our kids would grab it and say, mine, mine, mine. I can say there's only one me and one other family that had kids like that. God bless you. God bless you. I wish I could have sent my kids to your house when they were growing up. He didn't develop mind, mind, mind. Listen, God owns cattle on a thousand hills. This this world is not our home today. We're just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And the moment that we become selfish, we stop the cycle. Of God being able to bless us because He can't get any more to us than He can get through us. That's good. That's good. He can't get any more through you than He can get to you. Right. We have to make room. We have to make room. We have to make room for unforgiveness. You know what? Unforgiveness will cheat you, it'll make you bitter, it'll make you unlovable. Unforgiveness will wreck your life. And in order for God to bless you, you've got to turn loose of that. Paul says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press. (laughs) Did you see in the movie this morning how hard that gentleman had to work to carry that 140 or 70-pound player on his back? Listen to me. I don't think many of us stretch the muscle of faith to know really what God wants to do through us and for us. And after all, it's not about us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm enjoying the ride today because... I became a new creature in Christ Jesus the day he un- allowed me to unload my sins. The day that I accepted the power of the Holy Spirit enabled e- into my life, he enabled me to be an overcomer. Not that I haven't made mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes. But the good part about it is God wrapped me up with an awful, awesome package of, of church family that when I have made mistakes and I've asked forgiveness, I receive not not 60%. I haven't even heard. Well, think about it. I've received a hundredfold. And listen, I've learned one thing. And I want to say this just in case it's going to help you vote tonight. The people that left this church I never chased. If a person runs from you, if a person leaves you, don't chase them. Let me say this to all workers of the church today. Don't chase anybody. If they don't like you and they want to leave, let them go. Oh, come on here. I think I'm going to have to get you to elbow your neighbor again. It's not because you're asleep. You're in a trance. Oh. Joseph says to himself, yeah, I could kill him. And I have felt like it. But my feelings are fickle, and I have to live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and He gave Himself for me. Yes, I have favor with Pharaoh. I could have sent Pharaoh's army out, I could have hid in the bushes while Pharaoh's army killed my brothers. But I'm where God put me, and God has trusted me to do the right thing. Let me reverse the question to you today Can you be trusted? to sacrifice on the level that you're living this morning? Oh, I thought we were voting on you, Pastor. You are tonight. Be here. Don't miss it. But I'm asking you, let's take inventory this morning. Can you be trusted to sacrifice on the level that you're living? Now that you're favored. You can't seek fairness because you're favored. I want to say that again. There's people in this building every time. Every time I see you, I saw a man in this pickup in this congregation give a, the love and joy of a pickup like anybody would like to enjoy, and then it wasn't a, a few weeks till I saw that man drive in a brand new automobile that could have bought two pickups like he gave away. You think I don't get excited? Yeah, awesome. It's awesome. He had to make provision. He had to make way room. He had to make a way so that God could bless him. And he gave, and he gave, and he gave. Well, I just don't get that wrapped up in giving. Well, you need to read John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave, that he gave the only son that he had for you and for me. Let me ask you something this morning. How are we standing in the test? Oh, yeah, I've, I've flunked many a test. I flunked them all. I flunked everything. I flunked all of them because the Bible says if you fell short in one, you fell short in all. What do you do when somebody points their finger at you? What do you do when people bring accusations against you? And then you hear later that they've done the same thing they're accusing you for. Oh, I better get back to my notes. Moving on. You see, God wanted a family. And he chose you to be a part of it. And he chose me. Of all the vessels he chose, he could have chose somebody much more eloquent than I. He could have chose somebody that was uh, way more polished than me. He could have chose somebody that had more integrity and more dignity than I had. But he, he usually chooses nobodies. And it's when we realize we're a nobody that he can do something through us so that he can help us to become somebody. And I became a somebody when I became an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And then I became favored. I became favored. And I want to talk to you in closing this morning about being favored you know over and over again we hear this word you're blessed and highly favored to the lord what does that mean it it means we get more than we deserve and we don't deserve what we get but god sees our heart and he sees it we want to give and we want to bless and we want to encourage and when the phone rings on our day off and and they're pleading with us to come and help we lay aside what we needed to get done and get go help somebody else get what they needed to be done and then and then wait a minute wait a minute and then we don't complain about it thank you thank you thank you thank you you. Craig you're the only one that thinks I'm doing good but I'll receive you an offering today closing look can I just meddle a little more you can do the right thing and still be bitter You can do the right thing and still be angry. I can send you flowers and still resent you, but I don't. That's the reason I'm so free this morning. I'm so free because I love all of you. I don't really know where the shoes fit this morning, but I think it's fitting somewhere. It's a pretty good fit. you know. I, and the good part about it is I have to try on the shoes, and I have to see if they fit me before you ever hear them. And if the message doesn't fit me, then I, you never hear it. Well, let's just get honest with ourselves. Are, how are, we, are we passing the test this morning? After all, <laughs> one day the only person's going to be looking is God, and he already knows our heart. I can even be hurt, even though I'm helping you, and you never hurt me or never help me. We've seen that in Joseph's life. Let me ask you this. Am I willing to turn loose of doing right to become right? This is heavy, isn't it? You know the reason I know how heavy it is? is because I've had to do it. I've had to practice it. I've had to turn loose of doing right to be right. I wanted it right between God and I. I made a horrible mistake a few weeks ago, and I went to the people and I made things right. The moment I did that, it was like I had taken, I had taken a poison, and my spirit became tormented, and I couldn't rest till I made things right. I didn't do things to be right. I wanted God to know my heart. I did things right. I admitted. I put on the clothes of humility as I begged forgiveness. Spending 40 years here and over 50 in the ministry, you'd think a man of God would never make a mistake like that, wouldn't you? But the only perfect one is not you nor me, it's God's and His Son. Coming to a place in our life of being right knows that my Father's watching me, He knows my heart. Doing right and being right. Is a hard call, even on the pastor. I've learned that I may not reap where I sowed. And some people get bitter because they never see their kids get better. You pour more into your family and you seem to get less. Some people get bitter to the church, they poured more into the church than they'll ever get back. But God has brought you here this morning to let me tell you something. He didn't promise to give it back where we sowed, but here's what he says: I want to make it up to you. Is your clean? Hand, is your heart clean, pure? Is your hands clean? Have you released everything that would hinder me from giving it back to you? Here's what he wants to do. If you'll give him your life this morning, here's what he'll give to you. He'll give you, the, he'll give you the power to go through the storm that you're going through. He'll bless you. The Bible says he'll bless you pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will he give into your bosom? Amen. Everybody's got bosom. <laughs> this is the kind of God that we serve this morning. He wants wants you to know that you're winning this morning. He wants you to know that you're here on a mission. We're here on a mission. Abraham had many achievements. He accomplished many things. But it was not about Abraham. It was about a promise that God had given Abraham. And Abraham was here to give birth to two sons, Isaac and Jacob. And they replenished the earth. Did you you know if God hadn't had a plan to replenish you and I wouldn't be here today? God says to Joseph, your life is a shadow of my son. Joseph had to go through hell so he could get to Egypt, so that he could be there when the famine came. So he'd be there when his brothers came and they were hungry and their herds were starving. They'd have somebody to run to. Joseph, God had a plan for him he needed a kinsman redeemer I want to stop there just a moment It's easy to give to our family it's here it's easy to love our family it's easy to forgive our family But Jesus crossed the line when he sent Jesus to be our kinsman redeemer He was kin to my father He was the only son that Jesus had, that God had and he sent his only son, to be my kinsman redeemer. And he redeemed me from who I was so that I could be who I am today. If in this life only I had hope, I'd be of all people most miserable. But the 14th chapter of John says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I'm on a mission this morning. And so are you. I don't see a lot of smiles across the building, but I see a lot of people that are really drinking this morning. And I believe the Holy Spirit sent you here on, 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 for, for a purpose today because He has a purpose for you. No matter how you've been treated this morning, there's a universal call that comes from the throne of God this morning, and He's saying, come unto me, all oh, you that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love the scripture. In the time of famine, it, 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 it caused me to flourish. In a time when the well had run dry, it caused my life to flourish. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 11. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon Get a load of this, hang on to your seat, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts and your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and, and the snow from heaven, and does not return thither, but it waters the earth, and make it bring forth bud and, and fruit, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that to what I please, and it shall prosper. Everybody say, it shall prosper. It shall prosper prosper in the things that I do. Friend, God's word is like the rain from heaven this morning. He wants to rain on every one of us. The reason that I... The reason that I'm not ready to hang it up, and let me make it let me make it clear today, before Sherry and I ever came here 40 years ago, this was not our dream. This was not our dream. We we knew God had called us into the ministry, but we didn't think it would be here. We just we we just kind of wanted to tell God, we'll not when really we see it, and we didn't see it when we knew it. Isn't God smart? In our heart. The motivating factor that came into both of us is we saw a revival sweeping northwest Oklahoma. We saw an oasis in the desert. We saw something that God wanted to do. And I'm seeing it as we come closer to the time. I'm seeing what's happening over the rock on Wednesday night. And there's a mighty revival that's in, in progress. And it's going to start with the young people. And this place will flourish. I believe we'll see the day when other towns will send their youth to sealing America because there's a revival of fire that's burning. Amen. We had a special guest many years ago from the state of Arkansas just after we had rebuilt the facility and moved in. He came late. He didn't want to talk to anybody, but he could walk the aisle, and he could look you in the eye and tell you what's going on with you physically. He walked to a lady one evening. He said, "Is this?" ask a man, is this your wife? And he said, yes, it is. He said, could I talk to her? And he said, yes, you can. He said, ma'am, would you stand? I see a hole in your heart. In a few days, you're going to the doctor, and they're going to take you in to fix that hole in your heart, but when they get there, they're not going to find it. It's going to be a real puzzle to the physician that's going to try to fix it. Lady, I fixed it for you. Would you be seated? I happened to be in Mercy Hospital a week later. A friend of mine was married to this lady, and I sat with him, as she went back to prepare for the surgery. The doctor said, we won't, the surgery won't last more than 30 to 45 minutes. An hour and 45 minutes, the doctor walks in, and he looks at the husband, and he said, I, I've never been to the place that I am today. I don't know what happened. Here is here is the x-ray that showed the heart had this hole right here. There's the x-ray that we saw before we took her in. We took her into surgery anyhow, and the hole wasn't there. And there were two people, this man, this man who sat by me, and he said to the doctor, Doctor, we had a friend that passed our way a few days ago. And he told us exactly what would happen, and you are living proof of exactly what he said had came true. The night this guest picked up the check in my office, we hadn't spent 30 minutes together in the time that he had been here ministering. But as he picked up the check, he said, do you have a a few minutes, Pastor? And I said, yes. He said, I saw this building a few years ago, and I never knew where it was. But he said, in my prayer time, I saw exactly the facility. It was exactly like I see it today. And he said, when I walked in for the first service, I recognized I'd been here. Not in person, but I'd been here in the Spirit. He said, there was fire that was leaping out of the eaves of this roof. But as I watched the fire, it never consumed the building. He said, has this building ever been on fire? I said, yes, but it wound up being 12 inches of ashes It consumed the building. He said, Pastor, there's a revival fire coming to this church one day. And he said, I saw it in this vision. And he said, please, write my phone number down. I'll drive from Arkansas to witness what God wants to do right here. That's been years ago. I haven't seen it, but I haven't lost lost a promise. I haven't lost a promise. That God says in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall dream dreams. and Your old men shall have visions. And upon my servants and my handmaids, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He's here today. He wants to rain on all of us. Would you bow your head this morning? As your heads are bowed today. And we bring the message to a close this morning. We can all agree on one thing. life is not fair but we have a good God and he knows exactly how to take care of us he knows how to meet our needs today he knows how to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that we are not even able to contain but I'd like to ask this question as no one is looking around and we have some music from the sound booth can I ask this question who are you here this morning the message fit That's exactly where you're living today. And you really didn't know that God would show up and speak to you. But you received a message this morning. You're really going through the fire and the flood. You're really going through some troubling hours. And today you'll admit I don't have the answer to what my dilemma may be. But, Pastor, I'm so glad you told me I'm here on a mission. I'm so glad you told me what's happened is not by accident. I can see through the life of Joseph. God can use me just like he used Joseph. He can use my failure. He can use the mistakes I made to be a blessing to others. He can cause my family to be blessed even though what I've tried to do may have not passed. Most of all, Pastor, I want to leave here knowing that I've made room for God's provision for my life. I'm going to empty myself this morning. In this moment of silent prayer, I'm going to empty myself of all the undesirables, the anger, the frustration, the anxiety, the things that I have in my heart that, that keeps from God from doing what He wants to do in my life. I'm making a decision this morning, Pastor. I don't want any more of the old life. I want God to come into my life and restore the right kind of a spirit, to restore the peace of God that transcends all understanding. It restores me so I can be the husband or the wife that I need to be. The grandparents that we need to be. Or the son and daughter that we need to be to our parents. If that's you this morning, while nobody's looking around, would you just raise your hand up real, light, real easy and let me see that hand. Oh, yes. God bless you, God. God bless you today. <laughs> would you stand this morning? <laughs> Oh God, we're so grateful this morning that when you lay heaviness on our heart and the words sometimes seem very crude, Lord, you know what you're doing when you said, "I want you to release the message that I have for those that will be here at the to service today." I pray for those that raised their hand, Lord. Several people across this building this morning as they release today, as they release the things in their life that keeps them from receiving the goodness of God. Lord, pour. Take this moment to pour yourself into them. Take this moment today, Lord, to wash us so that we can be whiter than snow. Oh, God.
1: Oh, God. Oh, God.
0: What a day, what a day, Lord. (laughs) Oh, what a day, Lord. (laughs) What a day. (laughs) I want you this morning with heads bowed, eyes closed. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your hands toward heaven, no matter how you feel, no matter whether you feel like it or not. Nobody's looking around. I'm not even looking your direction this morning. But as as an act of surrender, we've all been there. We've all done that. As an act of surrender this morning, Lord, we're surrendering our whole self to you. Everything we are, everything we hope to be, we're giving to you this morning. From this day forward with your help, Lord let us become the Joseph that you allowed Joseph to be Lord let us be transparent with you today let us be what you've called us to be let us take the responsibility and let us pass the test that we're facing this morning for all these things we give you praise, honor, and glory as you stay in an attitude of prayer Jared's coming to close the service this morning please don't Please don't leave this building and pick up what you to surrender to the Lord. But today, make a decision. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I've heard the invitation. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I've heard the call. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God bless you this morning. As your pastor, we love you. God bless.
1: If you receive the word of the Lord this morning, say amen. Amen. Isn't God good? He will make it up to you. He will make it up to you. My like Pastor said, he didn't bring you to this to not bring you through this. He will make it up to you. We study that today through the life of Joseph, and we can study that today through many of the lives that are represented across this facility today, where it seems like, for sure, defeat, discouragement, dismay was on the horizon. The victory was in disguise amen and so this morning we're so honored to have you with us today just remember tonight six o'clock our study on heavens we talk about uh won't it be boring that's tonight six o'clock but right before that at five o'clock is our annual business meeting Want to invite you to come be a part of that and uh just see what what god has in store for our future i'm excited about where we're going excited about what god's doing here and excited about the revival that's coming amen Amen. Father, we love you today. God, I pray your blessing upon each and every heart, each and every individual as they leave this place today. Go with them, lead them, guide them, direct them in all that they face and all that they do. And God, we just give it all to you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.